We have got a fantastic show for you today. We're going to be talking about that incredible Monday night football win for the Chiefs. Then we'll talk about some openings and closings around the city. Then we'll get into uh, what we tried around the city this week. Uh, Kansas City's in the news over um, in some Irish news. That's a little hint. It's a little hint. Uh, personal pine tars this week, of course, so we can complain. Uh, and then we'll continue the complaining with our mixed plate of worst calls by refs and umps um, on our Kansas City team. So a uh, lot to get into today. So here we go. Welcome into State Your Line, a podcast for Kansas City by Kansas City. We are the Ritz Brothers. Today is October 12th. As Patrick Mahomes says, I'm here. I'm here. Mm. As he leads uh, the Chiefs on uh, his biggest comeback ever in the regular season. In down the regular season. Nothing. In the regular season, down 17 nothing uh, to come back and win the game 30-29. to So, uh, instant reaction. I'm with, I'm with Brittany Mahomes. Um, with her tweet, she said, uh, this is her post of the week, man, I'm sorry, but you just can't stop 87 and 15. True. True statement. She also said she's a little, little jealous of the love between them too. Wow. Which, Shovel in paradise. I mean, who, who, uh, who wouldn't be though? Everybody looks at those two and thinks, man, wow, what a beautiful relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that game had, uh, it had everything. Like, I don't even know where to start because, like the discourse today, today's Tuesday. Uh, sorry, we're recording this late. Another travel day. We just have, we just have so much going on. So apologies for the late uh, podcast, but uh, another travel day. But um, yeah, I mean, a ton of discourse today about uh, the roughing the passer call. Uh, a lot of talk about uh, some of the makeup calls that happened after that with the with the refs, uh, and then a ton of talk about just the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, the greatness of Travis Kelsey. Um, the, the, the second half comeback now shifting towards the bills and just like the epic showdown there. So like even today, Tuesday, one day after the game, there's still so much, uh, or there's already so much to talk about with this game and, and with the, the upcoming game. So I think we'll start with just like, let's start with the, the first half. We looked ugly. Uh, we were texting each other, and I think were you in the car with Dad when when I was. the first half was that fun? I bet that was a blast. Um, we were yeah uh, listening to Mitch Holtis, uh, trying to get my service to work so I could watch the game too mm-hmm. in case there was like a replay I needed to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mitch was down bad. Mitch was down. Uh, you know, Mitch does not like losing to the Raiders. Oh it was, yeah, it was a dark spot. Yeah, for and sure. And the Raiders were were moving the ball at will. Um, they went for it on that fourth down to kind of set the tone, and it was like, man, we better get our shit together here, or else it's going to be twenty-one nothing quick. Yeah, it was looking like a. It was. It had indie vibes. It had the same vibes as um, the Indianapolis game. I thought like where it was and twenty twenty Raiders vibes too. Yeah, t- that game was gross, but but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it was just. I was very frustrated. I'll start with this. So I was watching the game. Home alone as a single single dadding it, single parenting it. My wife was at the game. Um, but like a I a little taste of your own medicine there. Exactly. But I was <laughs> behind. So like I put the kids down I, in record time, Kev. You you would have like this was this was unbelievable. But I got home at like seven oh five and I was like, okay, I've got ten minutes to put the kids down. It took me 20, but that's two kids that did not fall asleep in the car. So they did not fall asleep in the car. And I put both of them down in 20 minutes. It was, it was truly incredible. So I was like, okay, I'm only, I'm only uh, like 10 minutes behind the broadcast. So I'll just, I turned off notifications and I was like, I'll just watch it. And then fast forward through the commercials, watching it by yourself and then at the same time, not being able to check Twitter because, or not being able to talk to anyone because you're 10 minutes behind is mm-hmm. a death sentence. It's the worst way to watch a game because when you're watching it by yourself, and this was how it was when I caught up, like all I wanted to do was like text you and text the, the season ticket group and like 
text the cousin group and like look at Twitter because I'm just by myself and I have no one else to vent to. So all I want to do is be on my phone when I'm watching the game. But for that first, basically the whole first quarter, I was behind. And so I couldn't check Twitter. I couldn't check my phone. I had notifications disabled and it was miserable. It was legitimately so, so miserable. So um, credit to me for getting two kids down in 20 minutes. That was, that was a miracle. Like they both fell asleep. It was miraculous, but then it was, it was so miserable watching it from behind, not being able to look at my phone by myself. But so all that's to say the first half was, was brutal. I mean, the first quarter especially was really bad. I, I started when the Raiders started three and out, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we're, we're going to roll. Cause the Raiders started three and out, but then we just couldn't move the ball. It was getting frustrating. They were picking up everything and um, and then, yeah, the Raiders just kind of stopped going forward on fourth down. They kicked um, a field goal from the one-yard line or whatever it was um, early on. I haven't rewatched the game. but um, they, they kicked a field goal. I think it was a, like a 53-yarder. But then they did it. Instead I, of going for it. I thought they had one To make it 17 nothing. Okay, yeah. I thought they had one closer, but maybe I'm thinking of something else. But but anyways, yeah, it just it just had awful vibes. And then... You know, the the Chris Jones um, roughing the passer happens and down 17, nothing it happens. Yeah. And um, the stadium and Arrowhead becomes a massive factor from then on. The, 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 the players are pissed. The stadium is pissed. The refs are shook. Absolutely. And everything really changed there. Um, it also changed hilariously. Um, and I will be the first one to say this on a second and 17, Jarek McKinnon picked up 20 yards on a run. So Andy Reed, yeah. Andy Reed did his run the ball on second and forever play that I hate. I hate it so, 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 so much, but he did it with Jarek McKinnon and then McKinnon started getting in the groove there at the end of the half. And, but that, that run on second and 17, kind of sparked the offense a little bit. We started running the ball and it something happened there. The Chris Jones roughing the passer. Like I feel like everyone who's listening to this has probably heard enough. It's it's Wednesday now. So you've probably heard plenty about the roughing the passer call. Like I don't think me and you need to talk about it a whole lot, but you know, obviously it was a horrible horrible call and and I I don't really care. I mean, do you want to talk about like solutions or anything? Like I don't really need to get into that conversation because I like, I I don't think that instant replay is the solution. A challenge isn't a solution. The fact that the NFL can't get simple sky judges to work, like, like it's really not that hard. There's no, get rid of challenges. Challenges should not exist. Challenging a, 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 a coach throwing a stupid red flag to challenge a bad call that should not exist. There should just be a sky mm-hmm. judge who reviews everything. This happens in in soccer. This happens in 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 international soccer. It is not that hard. Embrace technology a little bit. So add dip things like chips and and uh, creating ways to use technology to measure first downs and measure touchdowns. So figure that out, and then you have refs that can do all the subjective shit. But when you have refs who are trying to do all of this stuff that doesn't have to be done if you embrace technology just a little bit in the NFL with how they measure stuff. If you take away some calls from the ref using technology, then the refs can focus and do their job better on the subjective stuff, and then you have better outcomes that way. Add a sky judge to the solution, to the situation, and then we're talking about a a real solution. But the NFL is so far behind, they want to – Challenges should not exist, and it's the dumbest thing in the world. Just have a sky judge reviewing everything for obvious, egregious calls, and everything's reviewable by the sky judge on a quick take, and that's it. It's so simple, but I don't know why no one wants to talk about this or figure this out. I think that's really freaking easy. Um, yeah. Any, any comments? And I, I, well, I don't want to make excuses for our, our friend Carl Jeffers at all, uh, but but those refs are put in a bad spot, like – the, they talked about it so much because of Tua before the game. Exactly. Um, and John Perry said, 
basically you're taught when in doubt, throw the flag. Exactly. Um, the NFL likes you to throw the flag. The more the NFL likes you, the more playoff games you're going to work. Yes. The more Super Bowls you're going to work, the more money you're going to make. So they're incentivized to throw the flag there. Um, so, so yeah, the, there has to be a different solution. I, I like your solution. I'm, I'm in favor of the sky judge. I'm, I'm kind of sick of the, um, pundits on TV, um, the, I see it as hypocrisy, honestly, because everyone will rush to be the most pious yeah. about Tua's injury and say, this is so terrible. Um, it's awful. People need to get fired and lose their jobs. This is the worst thing ever. And then turn around and laugh and, uh, you know, call this the worst call ever, too. Uh-huh. Like, uh, you can't take every bit of danger out of football. It's going to happen. People are going to get hurt. You can't take everything out of football. So I, I, I'm more just sick of the piousness of like, I'm going to be the first to say like how sick it was, what happened to Tua and how people need to get fired. But then I'm also going to um, throw a fit about Chris Jones. Like exactly. I don't think you can have it both ways. Yeah. So that's what frustrates me the most. So I think the refs are in bad positions. Sky judge get the call right yeah. and move on. Yeah, it's really um, it's really easy. Like in soccer, the just like in the NFL, the ref is wearing a headset where he can communicate directly with with the sky judge. They call it VAR. VAR is not perfect obviously. Any soccer fan will know that, but like the FIFA is embracing technology. Now they're using player tracking data to uh and and hundreds of cameras in the stadium to automatically detect offsides so that like mm-hmm. people are tracked and they can automatically detect offsides really quickly so that refs can worry about other shit going on in the field and, and worry about more of the subjective stuff. Offsides is in soccer is not subjective. It's not subjective at all. One person is past the other. Mm-hmm. The line of scrimmage, where the ball ends up, that's that shouldn't be subjective. Pass interference, roughing the passer, those are sub- holding, those are subjective calls. Let the refs do that with assistance from the sky judge. Embrace technology for, for the objective yeah. shit. And and but but the NFL is so freaking far behind when it comes to technology. So, anyways, um, so yeah, I agree. And Chris Jones said it like from where the ref was standing. I really don't think like he probably saw roughing the passer. Like obviously he did because he threw the flag, yeah. and it doesn't seem that egregious. But but obviously in slow motion and on the replay and from a different angle, it was a horrible call just because the ref had a bad angle doesn't make it a good call. It was still a horrible call and the refs deserve to be booed and Arrowhead did their job. And I would have been, oh, I would have been Arrowhead did their job losing it. We did not go to the game last night. Our, our crew did not go. I, I don't even want to know the things I would have said up in Raytona beach. Like it would have been, I would have been going off. It would have been brutal, but mm-hmm. um, I was not there. Arrowhead was absolutely doing their job. Do your job, chief. He was probably losing his mind. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought that definitely changed the game. Um, the Chiefs got fired up. The crowd got fired up. And really everything changed from that moment, which uh, which you love to see. Yeah, you love to see it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, from there it was like, okay, we're going to win this game. Uh, after the Chiefs went and scored, it was before half. It was like, I, we're going to win this game is how I felt. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then, I, then I got Texans games vibe, Texans game yeah. vibes for sure. And then it turned mm-hmm. into like a Chargers game type of vibes towards the end. But it was like it was like indie game vibes, then Texans game vibes, and then like it was very, feeling very Chargerish there at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think just the most insane stat is uh, the Chiefs are now twelve and nine with Mahomes as their starting quarterback when they faced a ten point deficit. It's stupid. Like, so that's a that's a five seventy one winning percentage. During that same stretch, so this is from the start of 2018, all of their quarterbacks have a 152 winning percentage when trailing by 10 points. So it's just, it's insane. There's no one better in obvious passing situations than Patrick Mahomes. So, like, it's quantifiable that he is the best quarterback when you're down 10 points. Correct. Like, it's a fact. Yes. It's not up for debate. It's a fact. Yeah, and he was fired up. Him and Crosby were going at it, which I love to see that, like, I love to see Mahomes get fiery yeah. because we don't see it a ton. Um, and so, again, when I saw that was going on, I was like, God, I love having I loved Mahomes. it. No flags thrown. Exactly. Like, they were they were face mask to face mask, exactly. jawing on each other. No flags thrown. Makes it that Chris awesome. Jones call was, from, like, three weeks ago even worse. <laughs> yeah. 
but it was awesome. It was. It's a it was rivalry, awesome. and players can get in each other's face and still be able to play the game the right way. Yeah. It's fun. So Let it happen. So, yeah, then the second half, Mahomes was going off. It, it was it was so fun to watch in, in those, like you said, obvious passing situations. I just love watching our offense hum. And, uh, yeah, Kelsey with the most hilarious stat line of all time, seven catches, four touchdowns for 25 yards, um, which mm-hmm. is just – he he can do it all. He can he can lead the team in in receptions and yards, or he can just be a touchdown machine. And last night we needed him to be a touchdown machine, so that's what he became. Um, and that was that was just that was incredible. And um, you know Andy Reid, um, I, I thought called a great game uh, towards the end. I, I just yeah, it was it, it was fun to fun to watch a really fun game for the second half. I was stressing out though. Like I was losing my shit being at home. Um, I was just like throwing pillows and like screaming into <laughs> pillows because I couldn't be loud. And um, my screen time from last night is probably just abysmal on the iPhone because I was just yeah. like checking checking my phone, checking all my group chats and uh, Twitter the whole time. But it was a blast. It was it was it was fun. And then you know the Raiders yes. raided and and um, they ran into each other on that last play. And uh, God, that was beautiful. That's, that's that. Yeah, just ran right into each other, Renfro, Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams. Uh, and then Devontae Adams proceeded to then shove uh, a sound guy mm-hmm. on his way out. Yep. Not so uh, welcome to the Raiders, Devontae Adams. And Yeah, it's just like, again, Chris Jones is so dominant. I mean, me and you have said it every single week, but it's just so fun watching Chris Jones. And that play would have been like, you know, that was his defensive player of the year, which he, he is he's going to be in consideration for defensive player of the year. That mm-hmm. was his highlight. That was his highlight. That was robbed from him. And so that's a real shame. I think because it made enough uh, noise because of the roughing the passer, it might ironically enough be his highlight because everyone has seen it. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just, just incredible game uh, all the way around. And now we have the Bills. Everything is uh, everything lined up for this game. The NFL got what they wanted. Two four and one teams, um, the two best teams in the NFL by a long shot, and um, I mean Arrowhead is going to be insane. Three thirty start. The parking lot's going to be glorious. I just weather is going to be glorious. Uh, I just I just can't wait. Mm-hmm. All right, so that sets us up perfectly for next week. Also, that uh, can't wait. That holding call on the uh, field goal is one of the worst calls I've ever seen as well. That was one of the worst makeup calls I've ever seen. When, when uh, they held, when they said that guy held for yeah. for the on the field goal, and then that was an automatic first down. Like that that call, I've never in all the football games I've ever watched, I've never ever ever seen that call made, and it was so. And I watched the replay. It is so bad. It doesn't have any impact on the on the situation whatsoever. I've I've seen um, calls made where the defense either um, maybe jumps off mm-hmm. the back or Gets a uh, does start. something illegal. You can't. You can only line up so many people on each side of the ball on the field goal and things like that happen. I mean, I mean, he does reach his arm in there and tries to pull Allegretti. Yeah, he does. So it. like, but it's very meh. Like, I don't know how they called it. Exactly. Like, he does it, but it's like if that happened to my team, I would be irate. Yeah. Oh, so, that was so bad. But yeah, there's a makeup call. I mean, the Chris Jones call was worse. So, I mean, what are you going to mm-hmm. do? All right. Uh, okay. Let's move into some openings around Kansas City this week. Uh, this week, we've got uh, Justice Drugstore. Uh, so, the return of Justice Drugstore. Justice Drugstore is. Um, a kind of like a diner, I guess, in an old drugstore up in Smithville. Would you call it a diner? No, it's fancier than that. It's fine. It's it's very fine dining. It, so it's fine dining up in Smithville. Um, the the chef had tried to come into the city um, and kind of recreate that um, fine dining experience here that they had in Smithville with Black Dirt and South Plaza. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite work. Uh, Blue Highway has moved in there now, but. Sounds like they've got plans to open a store in the Hyde Park area now, at an, another restaurant. Yeah, so they're they're trying again. So yeah, this opened um, in 2007. Justice Drugstore, um, a chef opened in I think a, 
yeah, just a local pharmacy and kept it and called it Justice Drugstore. Um, his his last name is Justice. I can't remember his first name. If you're looking at the article, Jonathan Justice. Jonathan Justice. So you know, classically trained chef, um, farm to market or farm to table type of uh, a restaurant, fine dining restaurant up in Smithville. It, it got rave reviews, and people would make the trip up to Smithville just for this uh, restaurant. Again, like you said, black dirt didn't work. So now they're going into Hyde Park, uh, opening sometime in 2023. Um, Hyde Park, they they feel like is a is a better neighborhood suited for their concept. I think they're just going to call it Justice Drugstore as opposed to going with a different name uh, like Black Dirt, where people wouldn't associate it with the great reputation of of Justice Drugstore. So. Um, there's, they don't even have a space yet, but they're saying 2023. Uh, it's going to be open Wednesday through Sunday, and it's going to be like a set price supper menu. So there's going to be different times, and every every uh, reservation is at the same time, and the menu is the same. And so you'll go, and you'll basically eat with the entire restaurant where they'll deliver um, like all the appetizers at once and all the, uh, you know, I think it's a four course, five course meal or something like that, where it's kind of all delivered at once and you just have to check the menu ahead of time and it's going to be posted online and then you make the reservation and you pay just like a set price for the night and that's kind of how it's going to work. So um, we'll see. I don't think, I mean, Corvino has something like this, but it's only a portion of their uh, restaurant. So it's like the Corvino Supper Club as opposed to, or I can't remember, but Corvino has something like this, but um, not where it's the whole restaurant. So we'll see how this goes. I mean, I think like with anything, if it's good food, uh, then it'll succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it sounds like each month um, they'll kind of change up the theme. Um, so it could be tapas one month, um, so like small plates. Uh, it could be more family-style New Orleans-inspired dishes, uh, another. So... Uh, all right. Also opening, uh, Kansas City Current groundbreaking for the new stadium. Our girl Brittany Mahomes out there working hard to to break ground. Uh, I don't know if you saw her with the shovel, moving dirt. Nice. She's pregnant, so yeah. be careful. She's moving dirt, uh, making it the the first stadium built for a women's professional team. So women's uh, pat on the back. Any women's professional team or just women's soccer team? Mm, I don't know. Okay. One of the two. I can't remember either. But historic, His, nonetheless. Without a doubt. And it, it com- comes at the end of a, a pretty bad week for uh, the National Women's uh, Soccer League. Um, like last week or two weeks ago, the U.S. Attorney General, ever heard of her? Uh, Sally Yates released a report, basically uh, an investigation into the National Women's Soccer League. Uh, and basically it said – the league and a lot of its teams just a, a you know pattern of abuse and neglect and horrible treatment of their players and um, sexual abuse, verbal abuse. Uh, this report came out, I think, like two weeks ago, maybe. And uh, so the National Women's Soccer League not having a good moment, uh, rightfully so, because it sounded like some really bad things went on. The Casey Current was not named in that report, um, but the Casey FC which was the team, the women's soccer team before Casey Current, it was named in the report. Um, essentially, like players were using their apartments for like training grounds and stuff like that uh, was what KCFC was in trouble for, how, why it was named. Uh, but anyways, good news, Casey Current, groundbreaking, um, 11,500 seat stadium. It's supposed to be ready in time for the 2024 uh, season. Um, it's in that Berkeley riverfront, which used to be a landfill up until 1999. So like that riverfront area was a landfill and then it got cleaned up and became a park. And then Port KC has moved in and, you know, brought in Barquet and those apartments and, um, you know, the streetcar is headed down there. And now this will be, you know, the main attraction for, for Berkeley riverfront, this incredible looking stadium, which, you know, is going to have a pavilion for restaurants that can be open every day all the time not just like during games or events um it'll host concerts and rugby tournaments and fifa youth tournaments and college stuff um so there'll be a lot of reasons to go down there so yeah super super stoked about this i think like 
as a sports venue, it's going to be incredible. And then I think as a concert venue, it's also going to be awesome, especially when the streetcar gets down there. Um, I, uh, I'm excited for this. Yeah, very excited. Um, River Riverfront continuing to have a moment. I feel like since we've been on this podcast, hyping up the Riverfront. Yeah, we had, really we had John Stevens on. Yeah. Rogue Nation. Uh, all right. Uh, next, uh, you've got an update on P. More and More, the uh, infamous barbecue joint that was opening up. Uh, that was in Midtown, like 32nd uh, and Broadway. Yeah. So, what's going on with P. More and More? So, the, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when it opened. I, I don't even mm-hmm. think there was any article about it. I just drove by and saw the sign on it that said P. More and More. Um, so, I was like, well, I don't have to, but. I do drink a lot of water, so I'm almost mm-hmm. always peeing. But um, yeah, pee more and more opened in the old IHOP, and then it was like a Chinese restaurant, um, and another Chinese restaurant, another Chinese restaurant, and now it's a barbecue place. Um, it's Gary Paul Moore and Patricia Moore who opened it. So our friend and uh, friend of the friend of the show, Patrick Moore, he he denied any affiliation to this, but okay. Um, but now there has been an update, like. Uh, Kansas City Star uh, interviewed them and talked to them. Um, so Paul, Gary Paul Moore and Patricia Moore, they are known as the king and queen of barbecue at their church in Independence. Um, they first opened a restaurant in 2015. Uh, then they opened another restaurant in 2017. Those both closed. Then they moved to Texas, opened a restaurant down there. That didn't work. Then they came back to Kansas City and they opened another restaurant on February 14th, 2020, that was a bad time. Um, they tried That's to tough. do some catering out of that. That didn't work. So they're, they're having another go at it. So this looks like restaurant number six for this couple. Um, you know, they said in the, in the article, in the interview, that you know, they just barbecues in their soul and they can't think of anything else to do uh, rather than or th- anything else they'd rather do than, than run a restaurant. So they're giving it another shot. So um, hilarious name. They need some signage. Uh, they, they maybe need to a layer of paint on the building, wash the windows a little bit, make it just make it look like it's open, like a, a functioning building. I think they can get some get some customers. Okay, uh, well, glad we got the background on P more and more, and um, yeah, here's to them making the building look open <laughs> and uh, six times the charm. Six times the charm. Love the perseverance. All right, uh, closing finally. Uh, we haven't got to talk about this, but uh, since we last recorded, um, Mike Matheny, Cal Eldred, gone. Denny's, Denny gone. Matthews' voice, gone. Um, so they have been relieved of their duties. Cal Eldred, who led uh, the Royals, we were dead last in any category you want to name in pitching um, this year. Other than had been, rookie starters, probably. Yeah, uh, but but a terrible pitching staff, and then Matheny's gone too. So um, it's nice to get a fresh start. I hope we go outside of the organization to hire a manager. Um, not, I, I love Pedro Grafal. Um, I love Zoom Walt, but I want him to stay in charge of hitting. Um, and I want some new, fresh ideas in there at the helm. So I hope we go have a good search for manager and are able to hire somebody. Uh, from outside of the organization, who is uh, more modern thinking? I, I don't think I want the, um, you know, old coach who just manages the locker room. I think they manages the locker room to what? Hating him? Yeah, I, I don't want that. Uh, I want the more uh, forward-thinking, analytics-driven manager. That's what I'm deciding. Yeah, I agree. Um, I want someone from a successful organization that. Um, uh, is part of the reason for the success of that organization. Uh, Mike Matheny was, yes, part of a successful organization with the Cardinals, but not one that he built. Uh, He got fired from that job because he took a perennial uh, first-place finisher and to to barely making wild-card appearances after a couple of years, after um, La Russa's uh, shine had worn off that team. so, yeah, I want a coach that is part of the reason for the success of a successful franchise like the Astros, like the Rays, like the Giants, like the Guardians. Um, and so that is 
what I'm hoping for. I don't know nearly enough about who the hot candidates are out there. Um, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to pretend to name names, but like if it's, yeah, I hope it's someone who contributes to the success of a successful organization and they have learned from a successful manager and they have a good idea on how to build a winner because that's what we need. And so um, we have not had that. I mean, Ned Yost, love him to death, but again, he was a head coach. That was He was a manager that was fired because he couldn't get the job done. Uh, Matheny fired because he couldn't get the job done. Um, and so I want someone who uh, is was not fired uh, from their previous job and uh, wants to uh, wants to build something uh, for their own, but but has yeah, a successful uh, track record. I know I I do not want Joe Girardi or Joe Madden. Hell no, that hell no. Um, the the quickest person I saw to put out a list of potential hires was Benny Ritz. Um, <laughs> of his short list, he's got Alex Zumwalt. Kai Correa, Carlos Beltran, Matt. I don't want Beltran. Quatraro and Joe Espada. So that's Benny Ritz's short list. Like came out immediately after the firing. Yeah, so I think he had. A, I think he had a. That's notes our app. official short list. I think he's he got had. a notes app. So that's our that's our official short list um, from State Your Line uh, from Benny Ritz out in the field. Yeah, um, I saw that for the Athletic Andy McCullough because we were. Um, the Royals beat are, riderless. are beat riderless. Andy McCullough put out a short list, and yeah, I, I, I haven't read it yet, but uh, I trust Andy McCullough. He's a pretty smart dude. So if you're looking for a short list, I would go read Andy McCullough's article on The Athletic. After you listen to ours. After Penny Ritz's, which is good yeah. as gold. Exactly. Um, all right. Uh, also closing, uh, temporarily, Deanna Rose Farms, uh, is there a, a bird flu outbreak potentially out there? What's going on? Johnson County, Johnson County moms are losing their mind. Um, yes, the bird flu. There is a bird flu at Deanna Rose. Uh, five geese have died because of the bird flu. Um, and so they are shutting down Deanna Rose to protect the uh, – shutting down Deanna Rose to protect the, the people and killing all the geese. So – um, just euthanizing that whole flock of geese that were contaminated with. I am okay with that. With I wish we we should euthanize more geese. To be honest, um, I would be okay with that too. Start another bird flu, and it's just targeted at geese. Um, I have no issue with that. So, um, so yeah, they're just killing a bunch of geese out there, closing Deanna Rose, and um, hopefully this this calms the uh, the worries of of Johnson County moms everywhere because that place yeah. is. Um, it's great. I went, I think I talked about it on the show, right? I said, what would mm-hmm. I try? Yeah, it was, it was a great, great hang. Um, if you, if you have a kid and you stay home, it's a no brainer for a season pass. You could go every single day and your kid wouldn't care at all. So, uh, hope they get back up and running. Um, I like, uh, that in, in true news fashion, it doesn't come to the last paragraph of the news story I'm reading. But it says it's often fatal in domestic birds, but doesn't present much threat to humans. I think it used to. Thanks for waiting. You used to? I think it used to. I remember the there's okay. a there's a bird flu that was that happened like in the early two thousands, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um that 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 was scaring people. Um, um that was scaring people. It was it was a thing. Okay. Well don't be scared of this one, the article says. So uh, all right, let's move into a little what we try this week. Um, this week, I got to try, I hope I'm saying this right, Kava? Kava? The, the Mediterranean. I don't yeah, know. Which, how, it's, we talked is, about it on uh, the show. I don't remember how we said we it. Talked about it uh, we talked about it opening at 135th and something. Um, there's also one at like Oak Park, um, kind of over by Oak Park Mall. How was it? As well. Uh, it was delicious. So I guess let's see. How would I describe it? I don't. I think it's Mediterranean is what I would say. Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. Mediterranean bowls and um, pitas as well. So uh, it was delicious. I got you can you can go in there and you can can you make, make your euro? own bowls. You could make your own euro if you want. They do have euro meat, um, or you could make your own bowl as well. Um, 
But I went ahead and I was like, all right, first time here, I'm going to trust the um, kind of the, the, the pre-selected special. So uh, let me pull up the menu here and remember what it's called. Oh, boy. Um, it was like the Harassi chicken. How do you say that? I don't know. Mm. Let's see. Um, man, I was just on it, and it let me. You got Oh, I had to go to the order online. Yeah, you got to order online, bro. And then I can find it. Personal pine tar. When you have to, when you have to start an order in order to see the menu. Oh, it's the worst. Figure it out, people. Absolutely. Also, I think I've complained about this on the show, but I'm a big fan of the PDF menu. Like when you go to a website on your phone and you just you get the option to just view it the menu as a PDF as opposed to like viewing it in a web page. I hate viewing it in a web page. I want the PDF. All right, great stall, great stall for me. Um, so what I got was the Harissa avocado bowl, and it comes uh, with like this spicy vinaigrette yeah, Harissa on top. sauce. Yeah, Harissa yes, sauce is dynamite. Incredible. Dude. You can just you can go buy some from Whole Foods. Just sprinkle it on. Uh, just sprinkle it on some things. It's uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's got like super greens in it, so it's like kind of chopped up um, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, lettuce. Um, it had rice, feta, hummus, harissa, honey chicken, fire roasted corn, avocado, pickled onions, cucumber, and a hot harissa vinaigrette. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal. You mix it all up. I would recommend getting the pita chips on the side or, or a pita bread on the side. Um, so you can kind of scoop with it, okay. Uh, but it was fantastic. I like really, that. really good. Lots of food. It'll be filling. Yeah, I'm in. So uh, I got to get out there. And and I, I'm just telling myself it's healthy. I'm not looking at anything else, but it's Mediterranean. It's healthy. It's fast casual. It's got to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, healthy. Yeah. This week I tried Creekmore Golf Course. Uh, it's not my first time trying it, but uh, I tried it again, and it's a great course, uh, and it deserves more consideration. And uh, it was, it was a, it's a nice golf course. Good track. It's in great shape. The greens and uh, fairways and tee boxes are in amazing shape. The rough is in great shape. Uh, so shout out to Creekmore. Great golf course. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. What else have we got? Uh, next up, we've got a little, hey, look, there's KC out in the news. Uh, it's Brown's Irish Market. Um, so where did you see them? Because... They're celebrating 135 years of business. That's right. Not only 135 years of business, Kev, but it has been recognized by the... I don't know what went out of business recently, but it has been recognized by Ireland's... I, I don't know. Let's just say uh, Chamber of Commerce. I don't, I don't know. Enterprise <laughs> Commerce Committee. Department of Revenue. Depart- Department of Commerce. The Department of Commerce for Ireland. It is the oldest Irish business in operation outside of the uh, island of, of Ireland. So um, major, major uh, uh, props to Browns. I didn't know that about Browns. I knew Browns was old. I didn't know it was 135 years old. So they're celebrating their 135th anniversary. Someone recently must have just died because uh, they're now the oldest uh, operating bi- uh, Irish business uh, outside of the island of Ireland. So uh, props to uh, Browns. I've never been there. It, it looks uh, like they have a killer Reuben and uh, some other good food. So I am interested in trying it because I love Reuben sandwiches. Yeah, they've all, I've been there. They've also got a ton of imports from Ireland, obviously, that are, are cool to go see. They've got local artists, their work as well there. Um, so it's a great, great store to go to to spend a little bit of time in. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Excellent. Uh, all right. Uh, next up. Uh, we've got our personal pine tar um, from this week, and uh, mine's kind of a week old or two couple weeks old, but I, I remembered it, and it, then it got cemented again on Saturday. Um, but every time K-State wears cool helmets, they lose. Mm. And it's very, very frustrating. Where uh, We lost to, our one loss this year to Tulane. We had cool helmets. Mm. Um wore the white helmets with the, the willy and the number on the other side. I am a known, um, I'm not anti-power cat, but I'm just, let's move on a and do different. Cat. I'm a little anti-power cat. I'm a little bit anti-power cat. I'm ready to move on. We've got 
all these awesome logos that we could use. Um, and I'm very pro changing up our uniforms because um, I think it's cool. But every time we do it, we lose. Um, and then Saturday night, you know, we're in the classic um, Power Cat. Uh, if you don't know, our jerseys are modeled off of the Dallas Cowboys uniforms. So if you have never thought about that, now you won't be able to unsee it. They're the exact same, just different colors. Um, and uh, we took it to Iowa State in a thrilling 10-9 to victory. What a game. Uh, take that, Matt Campbell, uh, you overrated bum. Yeah, you were talking a and, lot of smack. Uh, and turns out, I mean, you were fine. I was. I was talking a lot of smack. And uh, I was fine. Farmageddon um, goes back to K-State this year. So uh, I'm a happy camper. I'm very happy. Uh, we're... You know, top twenty team in the country, and uh, yeah, just finally got to beat Matt Campbell again. But I'm bummed that we just can't win when we wear cool helmets. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't help me in my case in my quest for ending the power cat. Yeah, we uh, Mizzou can't win in in any helmet. Um, but KU lost. So. Dude, but that script Tiger was pretty sweet that you oh, guys yeah. had on your helmet hey, this dude, week. We have this, that was pretty sweet. We have the sweetest helmets. We have such sick unis. But yeah, we can't, we can't do anything. I want some it. sweet unis. I want some sweet logos. You gotta be on the better at it. Um, my um, personal pine tar this week. Um, so we were texting. We were trying to find a babysitter for um, this past Saturday night. We it didn't look like family was an option. So first of all, um, we don't have to use a lot of hired babysitters because um, we have four siblings. Uh, or we, Kevin and I are one of four. Uh, everyone is eager to babysit. Uh, my my wife is it has uh, siblings that are eager to babysit. All grandparents, everyone lives in Kansas City. Um, always eager to babysit, and we have the only two grandkids on the family. So let's just say we've been very fortunate. We're very thankful for all the family babysitters. Um, but we need to. I feel like we know we need to start using non-family babysitters so that the kids can get used to other people putting them to bed. So we were trying to do that this Saturday texting around to try to find babysitters. Um, a neighbor who's babysat for us once, just like kind of during the day, she gave me the number of her cousin so that I could text her because she babysits. She's a 17-year-old junior at um, St. Teresa's. And so I texted her. I asked her if she wanted to babysit. And she said, hello, Mr. Ritz. I apologize, but I'm not able to babysit for you on Saturday, the 8th, uh, you know, the 8th uh, from 6 to 10. And I was just like, oh, my God. God, like I'm like, I'm, I'm Mr. Ritz. And if mm -hmm. I were a 17 year old and a 33 year old father of two, uh, asked me to babysit, I would 100% call that person, Mr. Or Mrs. And I, I don't, it's, it's, it's midlife crisis territory because I don't feel ready to be, cause our kids are old enough to have friends that talk. Right. And so like, I've never been called Mr. Ritz before ever in my entire life, because I think that starts when it's your kids friends calling you that. Right. Um, mm -hmm. so this was my first time and it was, it was, it was, I was, I was shook, um, without a doubt. I was not prepared for that. I was, cause I just, I said, Hey, this is Danny Ritz. I'm a friend of Lucy's. Uh, we live next door to, um, to your aunt and uncle. Um, you know, would you be open to babysit? So like introduce myself as Danny. I'm Danny. I'm the, I'm the fun, you know, guy up the street. Hello, Mr. Ritz. And it was, I was not mm -hmm. prepared. Uh, I was, I was not ready for that. And, uh, it's, I mean, again, I've said this before on paper, 33 year old father of two, I'm old and I don't feel like I'm old and, uh, I'm just, uh, uh, it's, just had a little bit of your Mr. Ritz had a little bit of an episode. I'll just say that. Uh, yeah, you're, you're Mr. Ritz. That's the first of, of many. So, uh, mm. but yeah, that, that hits you like a ton of bricks. I'm sure it did. I was like, what? I was like, who's this tech? Like who's this? Cause I did, I don't have that person's number in my phone book. So a random number comes through and it's like, Hey, Hey, Mr. Ritz. And I'm like, Oh God, it's, you know, it's probably spam, spam or it's probably, you know, someone running for office and I'm just like, Oh, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I open it and I'm like, Oh no. Oh no. And uh it was pretty it was pretty devastating. It was uh it was tough to handle. Yeah. Um all right. Uh Okay, let's move into our uh mixed plate this week. This week we are talking about the worst calls by refs and umpires. Uh, I'm keeping it local in my list. 
So uh, I think we'll we'll just keep it local here. Uh, but yeah, inspired obviously by the Chris Jones roughing the passer call <coughs> on Monday night. We are on episode one seventy eight. That means I get to go first. Um, it's a tough one here, but I'm gonna go with my meat number one. I'm going with a forward progress call by Jeff Triplett against Derek Johnson. When he sacked Marcus Mariota, the ball came out. We recovered it, and Jeff Triplett said, I blew the play dead because of forward progress when it was a bang-bang hit, an incredible sack. Um, I then proceeded to call into sports radio, um, left a voicemail that got played on the air, so I'll put that clip in here. I'll put that clip in here so you can hear um, how pissed off I was. Hey, Andy, how about you get a fine and rip Jeff Pickwick for the little son of a that he is because he doesn't have the to, to, to make a decent call. But yeah, that was, uh, I was there. It was the worst call I've ever seen live. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was uh, one of the most infuriating things ever. Uh, like r- writing down my ideas for this just got me really in a in a bad mood. So um, this is a this is a not a fun mixed plate, but we'll we'll forge through. Um, meet number two for me, or sorry, side number. One. Meet number one. Meet number one for me. Um, I gotta go with. I mean, I got to go no foul on Thomas Robinson against Phil Pressey at the end of the KU-Mizzou game, uh, round two, or the second game of that final season. So, again, just one of the worst days of my entire life. Mizzou's up 19 at half in Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, it's the last. We'd already beat KU that year. Um, it's the last game we'll play before we leave for the SEC. We are just rolling. You know, we let them back in, obviously. And, um, yeah, Phil Pressey is freaking murdered uh, going for a layup. He gets hacked by Thomas Robinson. Uh, Obviously, no foul call. And uh, KU um, wins that game. And um, it was – I was watching that game in the basement of of Brooksider, and it was uh, was one of the worst worst days of my life. Just watching a Mm -hmm. 19-point lead disappear and then not get that call, um, such an obvious call, it was – KU Mizzou, it was it was brutal. It was the worst. It was it was so 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 bad. Uh, yeah, I think we could probably uh, build a, a whole list of just Allen Fieldhouse calls. Uh, yeah, probably. And so so I'll, I'll piggyback off that, and uh, I'll go with the Svi Mikhailuk travel uh, against K State, where his last dribble was at half court, and he made a layup. It was incredible uh, to win K-State, the game. I believe we went on. No, we went on. That was to tie the game, and then we lost in overtime. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, in Allen Fieldhouse, but uh, yeah, it, I mean, his last dribble was at half court, and he made a layup. It uh, was something to to not be missed. Uh, so, still haunts me. Okay, bad things happen in Allen Fieldhouse. <clears throat> I was, I was looking it up. Basically, over the past like twelve years they shoot twice as many free throws in conference play than any other team. Shocking. Consider me shocked Mm -hmm. in the country. Like it's insane. All right. Um, meet number two for me. I'll go. Um, yeah, I'll go. God damn it. This is making me so mad. Um, I'll go the uh, roughing the passer on Chris Jones um, in the AFC Championship against the Patriots. Uh, Tom Brady, um, Chris Jones taps him on the helmet, um, does not affect the play, does not affect the pass. Um, his hand barely touches his helmet. It's um, it, it's such a bad call in, in such a massive situation um, that is not protecting the quarterback. It's not doing anything with the that the rule is intended. And uh, it's just, it was uh, one of the worst calls ever. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. Uh, luckily, yeah, it was just, and it was so Tom Brady to get that Exactly, call too. exactly. Um, and, and I want to make sure I say this right for KU fans. It's, they attempt like four and a half more free throws 
than their opponent uh, per game in conference play, and the average for home teams is two and a half more. So basically they get to double uh, how many more free throws they shoot than their opponent than the rest of the percentage percentage-wise percentage-wise yeah exactly. twice as much as as second exactly. place as average all right um let's see my side number one uh i'm going with the uh the holding on eric fisher um in 2016 i believe 17 uh, 2017 in january of 2017 right I thought it was the 17 season. No, that was the tight. That was the Titans. Yeah, yeah. January of 2017, the 2016 season. So, uh, if if we had not gotten that holding call, we could have tied and beat Pittsburgh, and then we would have gone to New England, which would have been a tough, but we would have gone to the AFC Championship game. I like Andy Reid versus Belichick. He's been known to put up points on him. Um, and uh, but we didn't get that chance because of a fluke holding call where James Harrison just absolutely took a die. Uh-huh. And uh, our friend Carl Jeffers was there to call the hold. Uh, Travis Kelsey had a good rant after the game too. So, for sure. Uh, but that one made me sick. I was I was there for that one too. Um, all right, I will go with um, side number one here. Uh, God, I just I'm going all Chiefs, but we just. It was bad. Um, I mean, the Super Bowl against the Bucks. like, obviously we had issues there, but um, there was a uh, – Matthew had an interception. Um, that was that was called back uh, by a defensive holding, and then there was a pass interference on Tyron Matthew against uh, um, Mike Evans on a ball that was 15 feet over Mike Evans' head and didn't have a chance of, of – of being caught. That was when it was 14 to six, I think was the score. And they get a pass interference in the end zone on Tyron Matthew. That was not even close. And, uh, and you know, they get the ball at the one yard line and score right before the half. Um, again, that was, it was Andy Reed calling timeouts when maybe he shouldn't have and, and whatnot to even present that chance. But that pass interference on a, on a ball uh, 15 feet over, over his head was brutal. And then another, a defensive holding on a Matthew interception in that Super Bowl that was called back again. Chiefs played horrible and whatever. Those those type of awful calls cannot happen in the Super Bowl. Um, and of course, they went against us. And who ref that Super Bowl game? Carl Chaffers. Uh And I think he got uh, Tyron Matthew for a 15 yard penalty for John at Tom Bur- Tom Brady when Brady went after. That is correct. Too. That is correct. So, uh, yep. All right, uh, let's see my uh, or side number two here. I'm going with the uh, – everybody remembers this one. The 2010 Pin Bowl, New Era Pin Bowl, the salute. Uh, K-State scored uh, late to make it 34-36, and then Adrian Hilburn scored a touchdown to pull within two with like under a minute left in the fourth quarter. And then he he drops the ball, does a salute to the crowd, and gets flagged for 15 yards. Wasn't it the Armed Forces Bowl? Is that what it was called? It was the New Era pinstripe okay. in Yankee Stadium. But literally, just a salute, very casual. And uh, the referee hates the troops and uh, Obviously. threw a flag. And uh, so then we had to go for two from the 18-yard line, didn't get it. Um, but uh, that was a travesty. Yeah, that's that's brutal. Um, all right, mm-hmm. side number two for me. I remember, I do remember that, Cap. So, uh, so some people don't forget. Um, I'll go. I mean, this is a classic, but you know, fifth down, um, Colorado versus Mizzou. Um, you know, throw throw in the the uh, kick the kick uh, touchdown by Nebraska. I mean, Mizzou just. Mizzou just finds hilarious ways to lose, and it's you know it's a punchline at this point, and it's pretty obvious. But um, yeah, I mean the fifth down, Colorado against Mizzou. If you if you're younger and you don't know that, Colorado got five downs to score against Mizzou, and then uh, at the last you know as the time expired, and they won the game, and um, and also Nebraska just kicked the ball up in the air uh, and um, and caught it for a touchdown, uh, and that was ruled that was ruled legal. So. 
Um, that'll be my double Mizzou uh, football uh, uh, choice for meet number side number two. All right. Uh, I, I was like, man, Danny's going to have an easy time with this. It could just be all Mizzou very easily. Very easily. Um, so the only thing I, I left off my list that we didn't talk about, uh, K-State versus Oklahoma State 2015. Very bizarre. Um, it was like third and 23. Oklahoma State completes a pass for about 19 yards. They're a good four or five yards short of the marker. And they just mark, they just say first down and, and the play just goes on. It's, it's very bizarre. K-State was up big at that point, ended up losing the game. Um, so I'm going to blame that. Yeah. I'm going to blame that moment uh-huh. right there. Um, so. I have the, I mean, Julian Edelman definitely touched that punt in the AFC championship game as well. And it was ruled, it, the ruling on the field was that he touched it and they overturned it somehow, Right. Yep. Uh, somehow they overturned that when when you can see his finger move. Um, so that call um, that was miserable. Um, yeah, that was. I mean the. I mean the the, the unsportsmanlike conduct against Chris Jones in in the Indianapolis game just recently. I mean, not as big of a game. Mm-hmm. Like I, I tried to keep it to like big games, but like yeah, that was that was miserable as well. That was a horrible call. Yeah. All right. Um, I thought this was going to be therapeutic, but now I'm just kind of mad. I am too. A little yep. bit. I forgot about the Super Bowl against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. those terrible calls. Yep. Um, now I'm a little frustrated. Okay. All right. Uh, so thanks for listening. That's it uh, for this week. We'll be back next Monday to recap the Chiefs versus Bills. I hope it's a happy, much more. Hope it's a happy day. I hope it's a happy day too. So thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on social media at State Your Line. We'll see you around Kansas City. <laughs>